Wow, far out, man. All right, super groovy of you to stop by for this special episode of Degenerates Drinking Coffee. I'm your host, Nick fucking Ginter, and today we will be discussing a topic that I've actually wanted to bring up on the show for a while. So I'm sure all you fucking hippies are stoked, and honestly, I am too. What we have here is a, a real come up from all the negative current events, you know, we've been covering lately. And I, and I think you're going to really appreciate this one, unless you're a fucking square, or even worse, a no-good narc. I want to start off by saying that I am in the process of taking midterms right now and really trying to maintain a 4-0 this semester. So there were a lot of sleepless nights that went into the uh, production of this episode. So I have an exam the day after this airs, so my mind is literally in every direction right now. That is kind of ironic considering the topic we're covering, but I will say I expect this one to be just a little shorter than the other ones, but then again, I don't know. It could run on a little longer, but... Uh, I, you know, don't think I'm just tossing you guys a filler episode because this will blow that smooth brained mind of yours and hopefully add some extra folds to your little noodle. To be honest though, if you're, if you're a listener of this podcast, you probably are just a little smarter than the average motherfucker. So give yourself a, I don't know, a pat on the dick or a slap on the tits because you're doing just great. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and start with the uh, coffee and liquor reviews because there's a good bit of information that I want to cover and I want to be able to uh, cover it all. So what's in my coffee mug this week? This week, we've got a pretty cool bag from Coffee Bros in New York. Hey, look at there. We got another one from New York. Uh, it looks absolutely amazing, though. It's a, it's a light roast, so that caught my eye. And tasting notes are right in line with uh, what I like. We've got honey, citrus, and floral all coming together in this bad boy. Additionally, it's wash processed and sourced from Ethiopia and Colombia. Uh, cool side note, the guys also give you the best brewing methods on the bag for this particular blend, which to me is a nice touch. They say it's best for brewing in a uh, Kalita Wave, Chemex, or AeroPress. But because I want to stick to my control of using a French press this season, I'm going to be using that for this review. And then later on this week, I'll use my AeroPress and, you know, see if there's any significant differences. Um, well, those are the facts, Jack. So let's give this a fucking taste. So, yeah, that's great. And, and you know, just from from one taste, you're, you're picking up on everything as I'm speaking, you know. All the flavors are coming together, rolling along, almost as if they're battling with each other. You've got the citrus, you've got the floral, you've got the honey, and they're all present, and they're all there, and they're just trying to say, you know, I, I'm the I'm the flavor here that's the best, and, you know, it's it's actually a great one. I, I'm going to go ahead and say this this get, gets a seal of approval. I, I can't believe it. That's two in a row, but this is, this is a great cup. Moving on, what kind of liquor do we have this week? Well, this was a new one to me, and I've honestly never heard of it, which was the general feedback you guys gave to me on the Instagram page. I have in my hand a bottle of Novo Fogo Brazilian Cachaca, which actually has a pretty cool background. Uh, it's produced in a carbon negative facility distilled from sugarcane and certified 100% organic, according to the company. Additionally, they state that they plant native and endangered tree species in an effort to save them from extinction and uh, restore the Atlantic rainforest. Uh, it's zero waste, handcrafted and recycled. So this is all really admirable stuff for this company to be involved in. Uh, so their process goes like this, uh, fermented 18 hours with wild yeast, distilled in copper pot stills, rested one year in steel tanks. They go on to say that the nose is of banana blossoms, palate of sweet red peppers and citrus and finish of clean cane and sea salt. 
Well, now you're probably wondering, Nick, why do you still have that fucking bottle, bro? And who's supposed to be reviewing it? Unfortunately, I was unable to meet up with anyone this week. You know, honestly, that's that's on me. My schedule has been pretty hectic, but I'll likely give this as a gift to uh, someone in my community this week once I have a chance to get out of my endless Zoom meetings and medical appointments. So sorry for the lack of, of a uh, review, but don't worry. I think the subject of this episode will have your mind elsewhere. All right. Well, hopefully you've had a chance to get nice and cozy, so let's start by asking the obvious question. What are magic mushrooms? Well, according to LiveScience.com, at first glance, psilocybcubensis doesn't look particularly magical. In fact, the scientific name of this little brown-white mushroom roughly translates to bald head, befitting the fungus's rather mild-mannered appearance. But those who uh, who have ingested a dose of P. cubensis say it changes the user's world. The mushroom is one of more than 100 species that contain compounds called psilocybin and psilocin, which are psychoactive and cause hallucinations, euphoria, and other trippy symptoms. These magic mushrooms have long been used in Central American religious ceremonies and are now part of the black market in drugs in the United States and many other countries where they are considered a controlled substance. So I, I know this has become decriminalized in certain states, so I don't really like how the word black market is used just, just because it is such a negative connotation. Simply put, though, they're a fungus that contains a psychoactive property that, if ingested in mild to large amounts, causes a homie to trip balls. However, you know, there's got to be more than that, right? Well, live science goes on to say that the compounds in psilocybin mushrooms may give users a mind-melting feeling, but in fact, the drug does just the opposite. Psilocybin actually boosts the brain's connectivity. According to an October 2014 study, researchers at King's College London asked 15 volunteers to undergo brain scanning by a functional magnetic resonance imaging machine, so fMRI. They uh, did so once after ingesting a dose of magic mushrooms and once after taking a placebo. The resulting brain connectivity map showed that while under the influence of the drug, the brain synchronizes activity among areas that would not normally be connected. This alteration in activity could explain the dreamy state that shrooms users report experiencing after taking the drug, the researcher said. Shrooms act in other strange ways upon the brain. Psilocybin works by binding to receptors for the neurotransmitter serotonin. Although it's not exactly clear how this binding affects the brain, studies have found that the drug has other brain communication-related effects, in addition to increased uh, synchronization. In one study, brain images of volunteers who took psilocybin revealed decreased activity in information transfer areas such as the thalamus, a structure deep in the middle of the brain. Slowing down uh, the activity in areas such as the thalamus may allow information to travel more freely throughout the brain because that region is a gatekeeper that usually limits connections, according to researchers from the Imperial College of London. So pretty interesting stuff and not sounding like much of a bad thing once you start getting into the neurological aspects of it. But of course, there's got to be a little more information on these things. I mean, what exactly is going on after taking them? Why are people taking them? How much is enough? Well, there's a lot of ways to answer that, but I think we all know from you know personal experience, friends' experiences, or listening to popular icons that at some point they took these things and had some sort of life-changing moment. One documentary I was actually pretty fond of was Have a Good Trip, which is, was ironically on Netflix prior to them releasing that horrible uh, Cuties documentary. Uh, one thing that stood out to me, though, in uh, Have a Good Trip was you know, there was a lot of positive things people had to say about hallucinogens in general, specifically of all people, Sting, who stated that each trip for, you know, him 
was for a specific reason and that even the bad trips had meaning behind them. To me, that's a pretty profound statement, and I'll actually be sharing a story by someone later on in this episode that relates to that idea. Anyway, the documentary talks about funny stories, bad trips, why people took different psychedelics, and, you know, that really sparked my interest in researching this topic. Now, another source of information that caught my eye was a book titled Tools of Titans, The Tactics, Routines, and Habits of Billionaires, Icons, and World-Class Performers by Tim Ferriss, which at one point had a nice little analogy in the book which states the following. Most of us have had the experience of sitting at a computer with 20 open tabs. How did this happen? Didn't I just clean this up last week? Then you get a warning of startup disk almost full. So you delete a few videos as damage control, but why is everything still running so damn slowly? Oh, Dropbox is sinking. Slack has 17 new notifications. Microsoft needs another critical update. There are 20 applications running on top of 20 windows, fracturing your ability to focus. 60 minutes later, you've done a lot of stuff, tapped the keyboard a lot, and burned a ton of energy. But you couldn't say what you've achieved. Feeling rushed and frustrated, overwhelm begins to set in. Time to get another cup of coffee. Life can be this way. Finances, taxes, relationships, wedding invitations, car checkups, Facebook, groceries, startup disc almost full. For me, moderate to high dose of psilocybin with supervision serves as a hard reboot. It closes all the windows, force quits all the applications, flushes the cache, installs upgrades, and when I'm back to normal, restores my 30,000 foot view. It removes the noise, giving me a crystal clear view of the most critical priorities and decisions. The first time I used psilocybin at sufficiently high doses, the anxiolytic anxiety decreasing effect lasted three to six months. This catalyzes not only insight, but action. Sounds great, right? It can be, but the result is far from guaranteed. Psychedelics usually give what you need, not what you want. To get to the pleasure, you often need to claw through the pain first. Now, the dose you take is obviously a key factor in all this, and, and I like that the book states moderate to high doses with supervision. Because, you know, as we learn, these these change your brain chemistry and have lasting effects. So I'm in no way stating that you should go and take a random dose because body compositions vary. And, and I'm simply reporting facts about this tool people are using in their everyday lives. Finally, what I want to do is share a story, which is actually about a bad trip, but describes pretty much everything I've covered so far in this episode through the experience of someone who went on one of these magical mushroom experiences and had what they called their transition from the gray to the gold. Obviously, I'm going to keep that person's name and background anonymous, but the following is their account of a borderline heroic trip that changed their life in a pretty positive way. Uh, this individual wrote the following. I was at the peak of my depression, worried about even the most trivial matters, and doing everything I could as a responsible adult to treat my symptoms. Therapy wasn't working, medications were causing various side effects, and I was helpless to my own mind. After some research, I decided to do magic mushrooms, and they would be my last-ditch effort before committing myself as an inpatient in a psychiatric ward. I packed my things, went out to a secluded lake house with people I trusted, and took roughly four grams on an empty stomach because I figured that's what I needed to get the breakthrough that I was looking for in this journey. I set up a hammock near the water and laid there, looking at the trees and listening to the gentle waves on the dock nearby, simply preparing for what was to come. After about an hour, the trees began to sway as one, and the light reflecting on the trees became more vibrant, almost as if I was viewing nature around me, inhale and exhale. Everything came to life. I was lost in fascination with the world, viewing it from what seemed like an outsider perspective, but through my own eyes. 
everything began to rapidly increase in terms of vibrancy and seemed so unrealistic that eventually the beauty I was surrounded by was overtaken by the thought of, what if I panic? What if I can't stop this trip? Have I taken too much? It was then that I found myself walking, almost floating inside, where I sat down in a room and began to experience what I call now the terror. It was as if the life and everything had been drained, and I had come face to face with myself. Visual and auditory perception were distorted, and I was caught inside my own mind, realizing that I was hopeless, terrified, lost, and alone. I was stuck in this endless cycle of gray, where life was drained from the world around me. Then, almost as if someone had opened a veil and shined a light in on me, I heard a door open and a friend enter the house. I didn't realize it at the time, but hours had gone by and this was my escape, so I took it. I walked out of the room I'd isolated in and began to make the intimidating journey back outside, where the urge to speak overtook me. I professed the deepest sentiments of my heart, what was on my mind, what my fears were, where my sadness had come from, and began to connect pieces of a puzzle that I had mentally scattered under suppressed memories. These weren't drunk confessions. I was very clear about what was being said, and the words are still very vivid in my mind today. I sat with my friends on the edge of the dock, with my feet in the water, and realized that the terror I had faced was simply me coming face to face with the real me, and in that moment, my ego died. I was aware of who I was and what I wanted to become, and as if nature itself was in tune with my cognition, the sun began to set, casting a golden light across the ripples in the water and warming my body. This is the moment what I like to describe as one of clarity, one that we know commonly in narratives as a point in time where a character has an epiphany that forms the beginning of a new identity. It was here, in this very moment, I was saved from the gray and painted in gold, a new individual who, although not altogether, knew where I wanted to be. Months later, the effects of this experience have continued to form a new, more refined mentality. And while I'm not the best I can be, know the direction I need to travel in order to get there. Well, that seems like a good place to end this episode, and I hope all that information provided you guys with a little more clarity about this topic. I know that was a ton of reading, but I think reading those reports, passages, and experiences from other people really show that these magical little things, while though not socially accepted, have a pretty profound uh, you know, effect on people. Uh, and, and I think that's something we should all take note of. I also want to thank the people whose research and shared experiences allowed me to make this episode because, you know, it's another one of those topics that we know about but maybe don't fully understand. On a final note, thank you guys for continuing to share this podcast and help the degenerate family grow. Seriously, due to the fact that I don't run ads or ask for handouts, what you guys are doing is huge. So please continue to share this if you like what you hear and want to see it grow. That's all I've got this week, but hope you fuckers have a fantastic week and kick some ass in whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. I'll catch you next time on Degenerate's Drinking Coffee. <laughs> <laughs>